Acts chapter number 2, verse number 38. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And while you're flipping over there, I'm going to say this. We're going to do those uh, uh, shoe boxes for Samaritan's Purse, but I think we got something else in mind. Uh, we're just going to do some gifts for Ebenezer's children home. So when we get some information on that, I, I was running a little bit behind. So when we get some information on that, we'll pass that right along. And all right. Acts chapter 2, <coughs> verse number 38. Found your place. Say amen. 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 Acts chapter 2, verse number 38. The Bible said this. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let's uh, read that one more time. Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Alright, so that's as far as we're going to get tonight. But in our last study... We had to stop in the middle of this verse as we were uh, looking at some things. But now let's see how we got up to this point and then we'll move on. So in our last study, we began reading here in verses 34 and 35. And we looked where the Bible said, For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Now, as we said in our last study, we've been looking at Peter tonight as he's bringing home the truth to these Jews over in our text. And we've been talking about how that Peter uh, was telling them uh, that David in Psalm 116 was not talking about himself, but he's talking about Jesus Christ there. And friend, also in our last study, we moved from Psalm 116 and we looked at Psalm 110 where the Bible said this, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Does that sound familiar? It's right here in the book of Acts, also in Psalm 110. So what Peter's doing here tonight is he is still yet trying to drive home the point that David here was not pointing people to himself. He is pointing people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Here we have a perfect picture, if you will, in our Bibles of Romans 8 and 28 where the Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who were called according to His purpose. Why is that? Because the Word of God uh, works together. You can uh, take it, and how you're going to understand your Bible is take Scripture with more Scripture, and you're going to come out with the same thing. Alright? So those Jews love God tonight. These devout Jews here, uh, they love God. Alright, that's good to keep in your mind. They weren't haters of God. They loved God. They thought they were doing right in their heart. But the problem is tonight, they've been blinded to the fact that Jesus Christ is the King with a capital K. But now their eyes tonight are being opened as Peter is here proclaiming the Gospel to these Jews tonight. And he's telling them that in verse number 34 that David did not ascend up to heaven, but Jesus Christ did. And he's telling 
telling them tonight that David did not say he was going to sit on the right hand of God, but his Lord was. And he is tonight on the right hand of God. So not only did David say, or Peter say that, but he also said tonight that this king in which you've all been waiting for is the one you've crucified tonight, hung him on a cross, you killed him there, and but not only did he die, he's alive tonight, uh, and, and one day he's going to make his enemies his footstool, and that's going to take place one of these days, and at that time, everyone who spoke badly about Christ and his cross will then be judged at that time. He's going to rule and he's going to reign, he's going to be in complete control at that time many things are going to uh, are going to happen and uh, his enemies will be made his footstool and under his feet there they'll be forever in the lake of fire uh, feeling the wrath of God all right so we read verse 34 and 35 and then we read verse 36 where the Bible said this Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, he's telling these Jews tonight that Jesus is both Christ and that He's Lord. And it's like He's saying tonight, hey, your King has come, but you hung Him on a pole tonight, you hung Him on the cross, and you killed Him, but now He lives again. And what He's wanting tonight for those Jews is this, He's wanting them to simply trust Christ as their Savior. Then we read that. Then we read verse 37, where the Bible said, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Alright, so they had heard that they had killed the Savior. Peter told them that. And now these Jews are pricking their heart tonight. It begins to bother them of what they've done to Jesus. They were grieved and the guilt has been laid on their plates. And now they say, sirs, what shall we do? Amen. Also, we said in our last study, that's exactly what happened to you and I the day we got saved and born again, washed the blood of Jesus Christ. We became guilty of the blood of Jesus. We realized that we were lost and on our way to hell, we realized that our sin hung Him on the cross tonight and we became pricked in our heart and said, we cried out, Lord, what shall we do? By grace through faith is all we can do. Amen. God pricked our stony hearts one day, showed you and I that we were lost and on our way to hell, showed us right where we were wrong at. He showed us that we needed to be saved and born again by grace through faith, just like these Jews in our text tonight. It is only by grace through faith that you'll ever be saved. Amen. Conviction has settled down deep in their hearts tonight. So here we see them crying out, men and brethren, what shall we do? What do we do? They didn't know what to do. And if you just so happen tonight to be here, and maybe you're lost without God tonight, maybe you've never been saved, I want you to pay close attention to the text tonight because the same thing that these Jews done here is exactly what we all must do to be saved. Alright, if you're here and if you're saved, this is what you done when you got saved. Alright, so it was nothing that we done, but it was all because of what Jesus done on the cross of Calvary. The Holy Ghost of God has now revealed to these devout Jews that they're lost. But now something's about to happen in their lives. They're about to become Christians. Boy, there's nothing more exciting 
and becoming a child of God. Is there, I mean, friend, listen, we were born into the world and everybody was excited. But the day we got saved and born again, the angels rejoiced in heaven. Heaven was excited because you got in. Amen. But with that on our minds, let's get back in our Bibles. Let's read again verse number 38. The Bible said this. Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Alright, hold closely to that verse. These devout Jews had said, what must we do? And Peter says, repent. Alright? And I hope tonight that you've done that. I hope you've repented of your sin. I hope you've trusted Jesus Christ. This thing's about to wrap up. And I don't care tonight if you sit here on a church pew for 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, 2 years. It don't matter. You need to repent if you ain't. That's how you get saved. Hope you've done that. Hope you turn from sin and turn to Christ. Amen. That's what it takes. But here's what I want us to look at is the word repent. There's a lot of confusion about this word. Here's what it means by definition tonight. The word repent means to feel pain. A lot of people don't like the definition, but if you look it up, that is the definition. Alright? means to feel pain, sorrow, or regret for something the under spoken. As to repent that we have lost much time in idleness or sensual pleasure. To repent that we have injured or wounded the feelings of a friend. Alright? I'm going to show you a few things tonight about this. Have you ever done something and you felt sorry for doing it? I mean, have you ever told a white lie and then you go back and say, man, I feel awful for saying that. Have you ever been hateful? Surely not. I ain't no back that's ever been hateful. Have you ever been hateful and then have to go to your wife or your husband and say, I'm so sorry, I'm going to have to crow on that. I should have said that. Sure you have. If you ain't, then let me know what you're doing and I want to know the secret, alright? But that's kind of what repentance is. Kind of. Kind of. It is feeling sorrow for sin which is committed against the thrice holy God. Now there's a lot of folks agree with that or disagree with that. That's okay. And I want to say this. If you've never been saved and born again, then please know this. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you've lied, you've sinned, alright? Okay, so we've all come short tonight of the glory of God. And we've done that because God is perfect and we're not, alright? And we'll not be until we get that resurrection body and when this corruptible finally puts on that incorruptible, alright? And that will happen when these vile bodies tonight get raised from the grave to meet the Lord in the air. So if you're saved and born again, I want you to understand something tonight. Uh, go ahead and let your halo get knocked off a little bit, but ain't none of us perfect, alright? I, I, I know my wife thinks I am, but I'm not, okay? Alright, so listen, one day we will be perfect, okay? Also some sweet day, imagine this, imagine a time the little ones lay down uh, with a lion. Now what a day that's going to be. That will happen and it will take place. Alright? So we see all that. But the only way you're ever going to see such a day tonight is if you repent of your sin or if you have repented of your sin and turn to Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way. So to repent means to have sorrow. 
But there's something in that that works that repentance as well. I want you to get a hold of this. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 7 and verse number 10. Now a lot of folks argue this. They'll say if repentance is sorrow, how does godly sorrow work repentance? Alright, I'm going to explain that in just a second. 2 Corinthians 7 and verse number 10 said this. For godly sorrow worked with the repentance of salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worked death. Now, that can be confusing tonight. So I want to break it down like this. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. And that word repentance uh, in the Strong's means this. It means guilt when it's used in this text. Now, I've never heard it used like that. That's why it was interesting to me when I looked up the word. But that's how I see it. When you have godly sorrow over the sin that you've done against Christ who died for you, that guilt settles in and that guilt is what causes that repentance. That repentance tonight, what is it? It's a turning from sin and a turning to Christ. That's what it is. It means forsaking the sin that you were in, uh, being sorry for it too, and turning from that sin and turning your life over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Now I want to say this. It is not to Turning over a new leaf. Salvation is not turning over a new leaf. A lot of folks, uh, I've heard people say this, make a statement, uh, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to quit cussing so much. Well, number one thing they've done wrong is they said, I'm going to do it because we can't do it ourselves. Alright, so you can turn over a new leaf all you want to, and, and you turn over a leaf and lay it out in the sun, it's still going to dry out, and all things are still going to pop back up. You know what I'm saying? It's not turning over a new leaf. It's not fear of the consequences of your sin neither. Salvation, repentance is not fear of, 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 of your consequences for your sin. That's not what it is. Fear will not save you. You can be scared of something... And that's not salvation. Faith in Christ will save. That's it. I mean, if we're to go around the room tonight and ask folks if they want to go to hell, what are you going to tell me? You're going to say no. Everybody's going to say no. Surely, to goodness, if we walked up to somebody on the street, and not all of them would, because that's the society we live in, but most of them's going to say, no, I don't want to go there. That will not save them just because they don't want to go to a place is not going to save their never dying soul. Okay, faith is what's going to save them. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And that Word of God pricks the hearts of men tonight when they hear it. They become guilty by realizing what they've done, which is their sin, hanging Jesus on the cross. Then they become sorry for that, and they get pricked in their heart. The Holy Spirit of God draws them and convicts them. And when a person then puts their faith in Christ, they are then turning from sin and turning to Christ. Christ to save them. It's simple tonight. It's not hard to understand. That's as simple as I can put it. You turn because you become sorrowful for what you've done. You know, when I hit I, everybody, and I'm going to say this tonight. I, I don't know why I'm saying all this. There's a lot of folks who are going to tell you, you didn't do this, and you didn't do this, and you didn't do this. Listen to me, friend. If you put your faith in Christ, that's all it takes. It's done at that point. Now, I've heard, I've heard men of God stand and say that, well, if you didn't do this, you didn't get saved. Or if you didn't do that, or 
If you didn't repeat this prayer just like this, listen to me. They ain't got nothing to do with salvation. Salvation came the minute, the second, you trusted Christ as your Savior. You didn't lean on any works you've done, but you leaned on Jesus Christ and what He done. That is, that is it. It's finished at that point. That's as simple as I can put it. And you turn because you become sorrowful. You realize what Christ done for you when He died for you on the cross and you put your faith in that. Repentance is also having such a hatred for the sin that you were in at that time that you get out of it as well. I, 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 there's a lot of folk who say they're saved, but I have never seen a change in their life. Now look, I can't judge the heart, but we can know them by the fruits. That's what the Word of God said. So if somebody tells you they get saved and the next minute they're using God's name in vain, I'd worry about that just a little bit. Now, it's not for us to say they're saved or lost. We can say, well, by your fruits, it don't look right. All right, listen, it's our sin that hung Jesus on the cross tonight. And all who have truly repented of their sin will not run to sin, they'll flee from sin. Alright? That's what repentance is. That's what true repentance does. Now, what repentance is not tonight, it is not conviction. I'm saying all this so you'll understand tonight. People get convicted all the time about sin. When they do something wrong, they know that it's wrong. But a lot of them don't ever repent, never feel sorry for what they've done. But what conviction does is it brings forth a fear tonight. Just like I said a moment ago, having a fear of hell will not save you from hell. Faith in Christ will. One man says it like this. He says the drunkard in jail the morning after he was arrested for drunkenness repents of his deed. Okay, He's sorry that he's in jail. That won't work. That won't get the job done. But lots of times they're not sorry for the deed that was done. Most of the time he'll do the same thing again until true repentance comes in. You see that? Just to be sorry because we're caught in the act of sin is not true repentance tonight. You know, I've caught my little girl before. And you know how kids are. And I'm the this. And she said, Daddy, I'm so sorry. And five minutes later, she's doing the same thing again. She wasn't sorry for what she done. She's sorry that Daddy called her doing what she wasn't supposed to be doing. There's a difference in that. Alright. So repentance. Just turn to God and turn from sin. Alright? So the Jews cried out, what shall we do? Peter said, repent. Then he said, be baptized. So, true repentance comes first. And then the baptism should come next. Now, I said that, and I'll slow down and say this. I am not a church of Christ. I do not believe that baptism saves you and you should not either. Now, on the radio in our day, if you listen to it a lot, they're screaming that and they're pushing that. On young folk, they're pushing it everywhere you go. My wife has to listen to it every morning. And they push that and push that. And I'll say this, being baptized will not save you. Alright? Uh, you can go down to the river five times or ten times or twenty times if you wanted to and have somebody dump you under the water and you never be saved and all that's going to do is get you wet. Okay? Now if you're saved, then you should want to get baptized. 
All right, what, is, what does that mean? It shows this. It shows what happened the day that you got saved. And there's also a lot of confusion about that as well tonight. What it is is this. It's an outward confession to show the world that you are now dead with Christ and you've rose a new person, a new creature created in Christ Jesus. It shows the old man is dead and the new man's alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now for these Jews tonight, it would also show something else. It would show that they were denouncing Judaism. And it showed that they were now accepting Christ as their Messiah and as their Savior. And as I said a moment ago, baptism does not have a thing to do with your soul and your salvation. Alright? That's important to know that tonight. There's a whole lot of confusion in our day and time. And it just, it just happens a lot. But listen, after a person gets saved and turns from sin... Here's what they ought to do. They ought to want to obey Christ in believers' baptism. It shows obedience as well. It does not wash away our sin. It does not cleanse us. It shows what happened the day the blood of Christ was applied to your life by faith when you trusted in the Lord Jesus. Alright, so the Bible plainly said in John 3 and 1 through 6, listen to this, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Notice that Jesus Christ didn't say nothing about baptism at this point. He said a man must be born again to see the kingdom of God. Remember, we looked at the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is within. It's what happens when you get saved. Alright? So Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water, hold on to that, and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now this water mentioned here. A man must be born of the water and of the spirit. What's the water tonight? It don't have nothing to do with being baptized. I'll tell you that right now. What is it tonight? It means that a person must be born of the water. What's, what's the water? You know what that is. The Bible said in John 15 verse number 3, Now you're clean through the Word which I have spoken unto you. The Bible said in James 1 and 18, of His own will begat He us with the word of truth. What's the water? That we should be the kind of first fruits of His creatures. The water in that text John's talking about, the water is the word of God. Alright? So people must be born of water and it's with the water the word of God. The Bible said in 1 Peter 1 and 23, being born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. The word of God is an incorruptible seed, is it not? By which you and I must be born again. How does that happen? Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. You've got to be born by the water of the Word and the Spirit. Alright? So this Word of God being heard is going to produce that faith so that when, I want to say this, so when they reach that age of accountability, they'll get saved. i got to head myself right there. Why is it so important that our children come to Sunday school? Think about that for a second. What are they hearing in Sunday school? 
word. So when they reach that age of accountability, that word brings about that faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The more that you can get that word in there, the more you can dig down in that heart. So let me save and born again. I don't just harp on getting our young into Sunday school just to be harping. It's what we ought to do. Oh, how we need the Word of God. So it's the seed which produces eternal life. So folks must be born again of the Word. And they must be born again of the Spirit. And that does not come by being baptized. That comes through repentance by grace through faith. Before a person gets baptized, they have got to be saved. Now, can I use you a second? Brother West already got saved a long time ago. And he got baptized. Correct? Okay, Brother Wes got saved, really saved, and then he got baptized because he thought the first one wasn't no good. And really, I, I agree. So it does happen. A person must be saved and then baptized. That's God's order. God's order. So don't fall out tonight just because we also baptize someone now in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Notice he said baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, we baptize in the name of the Father and the Holy Ghost, but we do that because of a difference tonight. These were Jews. Okay, They were to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ because they knew God the Father already. They knew God the Spirit because He'd come upon men, lead men in those days. All right, So they were aware of that, but before they got saved, Jesus Christ was an imposter then. Remember, they hung Him on the cross. So by being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, they were showing, okay, this is our Lord. This is our Savior tonight. So that's why they said that, alright? The Bible said in Romans 10 and verse number 4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Those Jews went by the law. The Ten Commandments. The Bible said then, Romans 3 and verse number 20, Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. These law keepers, these devout Jews, now realize they couldn't keep the law tonight. They were finally realizing that it's only faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that could save their soul. We see all that. Look at something else in this verse. Look where the Bible said this. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. These Jews had to repent. Then they had to believe on Jesus Christ and trust Him as the only one for their salvation. And then they could receive the gift of the Holy Ghost of God. Now friend, if you have received Christ as your Savior, I've said this before, but I'll say it again, then you've got the Holy Ghost of God living inside of you. It's not a hard thing, but it's so simple and still so sad that something so simple can be so misunderstood by grace through faith. There are many who are trying to get to heaven by their own works. There's many who try to get to heaven by their baptism. They say, well, I got baptized. Well, okay, but when did you get saved? Well, and I've heard people walk all the way around the question of when, I asked them when did they get saved? Well, I got baptized at such and such down here. I can say this, when did you get saved? And they'll say, well, I got baptized. I didn't want to say it. And they'll walk all the way around me. There are many who try to get to heaven by works, and they're not going to make it. There are those who beg and pray and cry out for the Holy Ghost of God to come, and He's already come tonight. 
There ain't no need to pray in that. All right, listen, there's those who believe there are many ways to heaven. There's still one way to heaven, just like it was in our Bible. But I'm saying this, I'm, while I'm at it, I'm going to say this that one way still does not win out of style tonight. That one way has not changed. It is still yet by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, I'm telling you, if the meanest sinner in the world would repent of their sin and turn to Lord Jesus Christ, they too could be given the gift of the Holy Ghost to God. The Bible said in Luke 11 and 13, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? No person on the planet of earth tonight will ask for that Holy Spirit of God until they get saved and born again. Alright? So, that's what happens as a matter of fact the day you get saved. Whether you realize it or not, the Holy Spirit comes in. When 120 in that upper room were baptized with the Holy Ghost at Pentecost, they spake with other tongues. You remember that? But after that time, and in verse number 41 of our text, you'd see 3,000 souls come to Lord Jesus Christ and get saved at the closing out of Peter's, of Peter's sermon. And you know what? Not one time do I see the Peter Tell these people you got to speak in tongues to be saved. Can't say that. So that throws that out as well. But listen, friend, it did tell these new converts this. Before they could make heaven their home, they had to repent of their sin, and after that, follow Jesus in baptism. That's what it said. Everyone that believed on the Lord Jesus was saved. In verse there, 41, I believe that he is. The gift was freely given to them by the Lord Jesus Christ. So just like they were given that gift, if you're truly saved tonight, the gift of the Holy Ghost is yours as well. But the sad part of the matter is this uh, tonight, that many believers in our day mean well, but what they'll do is they'll pray for the Holy Spirit of God in their lives. But He's already there. Herein lies the problem with that. He's there and He's there to guide us. He's there to lead us. In all truth, He's there to comfort us. And you and I don't have to ask for that gift tonight. And I'm going to say this, gift of tongues that people talk about, that's not a gift from the Holy Ghost in our day. All right. He abides in our hearts if you're saved. And anybody who's believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and has repented of their sin has the Holy Ghost living inside of them and I'm glad He can comfort every believer tonight no matter what situation we go through. But friend, listen, we know that because the Bible said in Romans 8, 26-27, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You understand what that means? When you and I feel like we can't even pray, the Holy Spirit of God pray for us. Man, I tell you, it's neat to have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us, ain't it? If you're saved, if you're here though tonight, if you're lost without God, maybe you're here tonight, I don't know, and you're asking the question, preacher, what must I do? Well, it ain't be baptized. It ain't do your own work. It ain't being a good person. By grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Repent and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost of God. You know the message ain't changed. And it's not going to change. 
We're always going to use this King James Bible and it's never going to change. The message is still the same. So not only is that all these Jews had to do was repent. If you're lost tonight, that's all you've got to do. Come to Jesus. Trust Him by grace through faith. Listen, if salvation, if you're here and you're uh, not saved, salvation's for you. Jesus died for you. And for that lost friend that you have tonight, it's for them as well. Listen, friend, it's for all. It's for all. And here's how we're going to close out tonight. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Preacher, I know somebody that's lost. Well, the gift is for them. Salvation, the Holy Ghost is for them. It's for everybody. So we're going to close out like this. This Wednesday night prayer meeting night. You can all stand, your head bowed, and your eyes closed. I have being jumbled up mess tonight and that's okay. Maybe you're here tonight and say, Preacher, I know somebody that's lost and I want to pray for them. Well, why don't you just gather around the altar tonight and why don't you bring them to the altar and why don't you pray for them? Anybody need to move tonight? Preacher, I know somebody's lost. I really need to pray for them. I really need to pray for them. I need to get saved. Would you bring them to the altar tonight? The gift's for them. It's for everybody. Maybe you'd like to bring them. Would you come? Anybody need to come tonight?